0: Well, hello there. Graham Norton here. It's time for another edition of the Graham Norton with Waitrose podcast. Today on the show, comedian Joanne McNally chats about headlining the comedy stage at Latitude Festival. We are feeling the love and giving away Waitrose goodies in our competition, Cupid's Arrow. Show Chef Martha is making a Valentine's breakfast feast with bagels, oat bars and mimosas. But of course, we must cross to our correspondent, Maria McCurlin, who is primed and ready to solve more of your problems in Graham's Guide. (laughs) And she joins us now. Hello.
1: Oh, your links are marvelous today, can I say?
0: I'm on fire on
1: fire ladies
0: and gentlemen. You yes. are. Uh, how are you And you're
1: normally so weary on a Sunday morning and I know. I know you were working yesterday so are you weary today Graham?
0: Well you know I'm uh, if I am I'm overcoming it I'm uh, you know the doctor showbiz has come to call and uh, here I am on the radio
1: yes. <laughs> Can you tell us anything about your working yesterday the secret?
0: No it was a top secret project at Pinewood Studios.
1: Oh my goodness are you the new James Bond? Well uh,
0: Maria stop it. It was in confidence. You can't
1: say, can you? It was in confidence. They've gone for the over 60 James <laughs> Bond this time. Yeah.
0: You know, they, they just felt they'd do a reboot, uh, but rather than a prequel, they would do a sequel and find out what happens to him in retirement.
1: Yeah. That's nice. right. Well, they were losing the older audience. They wanted elasticated <laughs> waists. Wait, what? They yeah. wanted a light
0: perm. Once they killed off Judy Dench, I mean, you know, I really, my mother wasn't interested anymore. So they'll get my mother back. If no one else, my mother will watch. Yeah. Uh, she won't like it, but she'll watch it. <laughs>
1: Yes, exactly, exactly. She never likes anything you do. That's no. that's the Irish mother for yeah, you, surely. there you go. Uh, how are things uh, by the seaside? Yes, they are rainy. Very rainy, very rainy, that's all I have to say. Other than that, good. I spent an evening, not the whole evening, but some of the evening, um, for your delectation and delight and recommendation, watching some of... One Day, the new um, David oh, Nicholls yes. TV adaptation on the Netflix. And, of course, you had Ambika Mod on your uh, televisual show, which was very good on Friday. Uh, thank you, thank you very much. Before. Thank you. Uh, she's marvellous. And Leo Woodall, of course, stars in it. And, you know, not much happens. It's very good script, I have to say. The writing is really good, I think. And it's about... It appeals to me. I think it's quite a sort of female thing. I know that's a huge generalisation. I'm very good at those. Um, because it's sort of about nostalgia and about endeavour and regret and chances and possibilities. It's a sort of a sliding door element to it. If you haven't read the book, if you have read the book, you will know. And they are both just so charming. The episodes are very short. That was one criticism I had.
0: Well, oh, really, oh, so I liked how short the episodes were. You were just like, "Oh, that's over. Uh, and it's, it's lovely, <laughs> lovely. I, all television should be like that. It's like plays, you know, plays should be short.
1: It, it Nothing sh- over an hour at the theatre, really.
0: Oh, no. If, if there's no interval and it's about... It, if, if they say it's 70 minutes and there's no interval, I mean... I'm already a fan of that show. It could be very, very bad, and I'll have enjoyed but it more than a good thing. now,
1: because they're charging such ridiculous prices, and I know Andrew Scott has been talking about this this morning, um, he of all of us... All of us? Uh, all yes, stra- all uh, of us strangers. Yeah, all of us strangers. Thank you. Uh, you know, I think that a lot of theatre producers think, oh, we're charging £200 a ticket. We have to make it two and a half hours, three hours long. No, no, no. Charge less. Uh, have an interval so you sell your drinks and make it an hour there.
0: Oh, and also uh, have some uh, change the set a bit, change the set a bit, and maybe have people in two costumes. That's that always cheers me up. If something <laughs> if something happens, like you know, the curtain comes down and goes up, and now oh, we're now we're in a garden. Um, I'm <laughs> that that really brightens Does that my evening. That, Does that
1: you. That brightens up. That brightens
0: my evening. Yeah.
1: Well, sometimes a, a scene change can wake you up. I've been at the theatre with you, and there's been loud scene changes, and you. You yeah, jump out of your Yeah, sleep. and
0: then I then I come to and I kind of oh now I'll watch this bit.
1: Yeah, nice, <laughs> nice. Or I nod off again. Yeah
0: the other thing I really hate in the theatre and so many people do it now is when the poor actors have to sit there or wander around or do something while we all take our seats I'm angry on the actors behalf I'm annoyed for them I want to find the director and yell at them and kind of why have you done that because it's
1: except there is an exception we went to see Cabaret at the Kit Kat Club and that is a club and so the actors are wandering around and showing off a lot of showing off from the actors
0: showing off is is better because those so, I mean, musicians and things they're doing a bit of dancing and
1: probably. also especially in something like that when you don't have much of a part in it you know your you're girl three or your dancer one so at the beginning you can really you know make your mark by doing backflips and so on at the Kit Kat Club. They do do that. I've seen them. I do
0: hope they get paid extra, though, because cabaret what is do What do we think? A, well, I, you, know, you know they don't, but they ought to, because, you know, the show is so long and that should be what you're contracted to do. And if you want me to, you know, leap around in the interval, uh, you yeah, know, stick your hand in your pocket. Thank you very much. There you go.
1: I think there's so many people leap, leaping around at the Kit Kat Club that if I were one of those performers, I would sit... Really still with a fag and your focus. <laughs> so people wonder, what's wrong with that woman? Uh, yes, yeah. and then people, and, really and, then be, and, and everyone would come
0: up, everyone would come up and tell you to put your cigarette and you would go, I'm working.
1: <laughs> it's herbal.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Is tobacco a herb? <laughs> Virgin Radio. Radio Sky. Adrian?
2: Maria.
0: Nice. Nice
1: nice okay this is quite a long one so put your feet up right here we go dear graham and maria 11 years ago my middle son told us that he wanted to propose to his girlfriend of three years and marry her immediately after she finished university he told me about it as we've always been very close and talked about mostly everything i said they should consider living on their own for a year As he hadn't and I felt it was the only time in his life he might have that experience however that was shared with her and she was personally very offended she interpreted it as as, we don't want him to marry her which included her in every family event including payment for her to fly to a family trip in Alaska and a family wedding in Chicago paying all expenses Hmm. they've now been married for 10 years and we are not invited to see them him or add two grandchildren her divorced and remarried parents do not speak to each other but all live nearby and see them frequently going on holidays etc we are five hours away the last time they visited here was 18 months ago she does not allow the four-year-old or six-year-old grandchildren to video chat with us we receive no pictures this year for the first time none of our family got their Christmas card I casually asked about it as the last time we went to see them, I overheard her remark to her mother that they had gone the weekend before to take the picture. I guess that's the picture for the Christmas card. She didn't answer and changed the subject. It's an area of hurt with my husband. I don't know anyone who has confronted a situation like this and made it better. We are in it for the long run. And when we do see our grandchildren, they are wonderful and loving and it fills us up. Originally, she determined we would get together every two months, her choice. Now we haven't seen them for four months, and that includes holidays and birthdays. Oh, The last visit, we were told we could drive the 10 hours round trip to see the kids for 30 minutes during their football game. We did. That's exactly what happened. We shared our granddaughter's time with her mother and brother while our grandson played. They left immediately after. Any advice, or should we just be happy? that we have anything. And that is from Jem in Overseas. Oh, Jem, there's so much detail in this and all of it, you know, sad and not good for you. I would say, you know, I think there's more to this than the fact that you said maybe have a year living apart. That may have been the trigger, but it's clearly never been resolved and moved forward and a relationship formed you know, even when grandchildren were born, et cetera. I would say, Jem, how did you let this go on for as long as it has, for 10 years, without confronting it? Because now habits have been got into, you are not included. You are a 10-hour round trip away, uh, albeit, but she has said that you'll meet every two months. Maybe it wasn't available, so you, it's now gone to four months. I just don't know if you can be quite so prescriptive with this as it's a tenuous arrangement as it is, and you are seeing them and you do love your grandchildren and they fill you up and you would like to see them more, but you live a long way away. That has to be taken into consideration, both to get two children in a car and come and visit you in a 10-hour trip and likewise you going back. I would say, Jem from overseas, that you're not, um, you don't come out of this story well, but I would say this is something that your son can can deal with. Maybe get your, your husband to talk to your son about it and say, you know, the kids are growing up, we'd really like to be more involved in their life. How can we do that? What can we do? How can we build bridges? Um, it's been 10 years. And... But I think you have to stay out of this because clearly you and your son's wife are not on the best terms. I would say pass it over to him uh, rather than her. Graham, what do you think? It's a thorny one. It
0: is. And, I, you know, I do feel for gem, but it's, it's just it's sort of madness that you've let it go on for 10 years. But then I wonder what you've let on for 10 years, because actually you do see these kids. It's not like she's cut off all contact. So you you don't see them as much as you'd like to, but then, you know, as Marie says, there's 10 hours uh, involved, five hours there, five hours back. So you're not going to see them all the time. I wonder, you know, you talk about your close relationship with your son, and I wonder if... Uh, this woman kind of went and I am removing I you know I I need to get that woman out of his life because I'm the woman in his life now and you know the, a bit of that and I wonder if when Jem is around does she get a bit stuck in uh in terms of you know I'm here now and I'm you know the granny. I'm the I'm the the mother-in-law. Patriarch. Yes, uh, because it, it does sound like you had a very close relationship with your son, so that m- might be threatening to this woman. So I, I just think the more you push here, Jem, the more you ask for, it's got, the less you're going to get because this woman is going to resist more and more. Um, you know, I I.
1: I mean, I suppose Jem could. Uh, you know, offer to meet somewhere, uh, somewhere nice. You know, a coastal place or something, and book an Airbnb for the entire family for the two children and the daughter-in-law and son, and you two, um, and pay for it all. And then you would have quality time for a longer period. But I've got a feeling she would resist that. Yeah, the, the I, I feel like everything.
0: No. I feel like everything that Jem does now will be a big it'll seem like a big deal it'll seem like you know oh god what's she done now she's booked a holiday for us all we'll have to go to that and yeah like and i do think though things like not sending a christmas card weirdly that's the worst bit because that's such a kind of that's such a petty thing to do you know they did their personalized cards and now was it your, was it the son? Was it was the son responsible for sending cards to his side no, of the family? No. And he didn't? You know, we, well we don't know that, Maria, because this woman might kind also, of go.
1: It could have been one of those things, you know, you send out so many Christmas cards, you've got two children to look after. It could have been a simple mistake. I'm not I'm thinking it's not. But yes, it's petty, but it's meaningful, but then everything is meaningful in this letter. There's a lot of pettiness and there's a lot of griping, and I think there's more to it. That's what I want to say
0: and and actually I suppose what we're really saying, Jem, is uh, be happy you have anything because <laughs> I don't think unless your son wants to step up and get involved and kind of go no, you know but after 10 years he's not going to do that because it's happened now. and, and also Jem, you as Marie said, you need to stop blaming the one thing you said 11 years ago. It's not that. I mean, that Mm. might have contributed to it, but there's more to it. It's about your relationship with your son. and It's about maybe are you a bit controlling of him? Are you a bit, you know, even down to suggesting he, you know, all of that. I just feel like this woman has seen something in your relationship with your son that she finds slightly threatening or annoying and has just gone, you know what, we're distancing that woman. And the fact that your son hasn't done anything about it, You know, you can't blame her for all of this. He knows what's going on and he's... It's
1: kind of... You do want to say meet up with her and have a coffee, but it's too late. It's been 10 years. How did you let this 10 years thing happen? Because where do you come back from that? I don't know. You know, it takes a family tragedy before anything will change in this. And nobody wants that for yeah. a moment. But it's, I just think it's so entrenched now, Graham. I'm sorry, yeah. Gem, from overseas.
0: But also, I, but I do think Jem needs to just look at it a different way. You need to kind of go, this woman is not the enemy, you know, because actually she is married to your son. There's two of them here. and mm. and And just, you know, I think look at it. Look at it from different angles. That's all I would say. Diane writes, and this is, oh, this is, um, I am heartbroken listening to this letter. I've been estranged from my two eldest daughters and two young great grandchildren, and I have no idea why. I got well after 25 years of serious illness and split for my husband, but after my daughters stopped talking to me, gosh, there are no solutions other than communication, and if there is none of that, there is no hope. Well, Diane, I'm really sorry. I don't know what went on there, but that that does sound uh, so sad. I'm so sorry for you. Uh, Suki is in Hungerford. Um, Surely Jem's son needs to sort this out and, as they say, grow up here. He's allowed this to malinger all these years, and so have they. Alternatively, wait for the kids to be older and let them make their own decisions. I mean... Grandkids would have to be quite old before they decide to go and spend time with their grandparents. Uh, But, you know, you never know. Uh, Emily is uh, near Farnham, uh, says in brackets, with tricky in-laws. Pay for the son and daughter-in-law to go on holiday and look after their kids. I mean, that is a good idea because then you don't need to spend time with the daughter-in-law. Who, But will that daughter-in-law is not going to let you look after her kids for two weeks, is she? Nah. Uh, Jem needs to own her words. She stuck her nose in when she advised her son to live alone and clearly was proved wrong since they are still together. She needs to explain why she said what she said and accept that it was wrong. No amount of throwing money or holidays at the aggrieved party will make up for it. The daughter-in-law needs sincere words of apology and to be asked if they can draw a line and start again. Ten years is a long time, but it's never too late to rebuild bridges if you are genuine and sincere. So says Mandy. Uh, I'm afraid that grandparents usually come in two separate pairs, one close and one not so close, and usually due to distances. Unless one set makes the greater effort, the status quo will remain. Learn to accept it. And that's from Dennis in Clanelli in Wales. Well, thank you for those responses. Uh, the bouquet of flowers from the Waitress Foundation. I'm going to send to Mandy. Mandy in haven't. There you go. Virgin Radio. Meet Maria.
1: Now, this is um, one of your favourites. It's a parking one and it's quite short. Oh, Here great. We go. Lovely. Dear, dear Graham and Maria, one of our neighbours parks absolutely terribly. We live in a set of terraced houses and rather than parking on the road next to the kerb, he instead parks his car up over the pavement, obstructing the sidewalk and making it really difficult to get past, let alone for people with buggies and that have accessibility issues. The worst thing is, he's totally unapproachable. He plays loud music in his car, we hear him shouting at his partner at home, and he's had a go at anyone who tries to talk to him at all about the parking situation. In all honesty, he's absolutely terrifying. I've chatted with a couple of other neighbors close by and we're at a total loss for what to do. Any advice would be very much welcome. And that is from Jason in Somerset. Mm. Oh, Jason in Somerset. Now, first of all, this man is very angry with life. You know, nobody knows what goes on in people's lives, etc. We don't know, but he's furious with life. Something has made him very cross and he's not having... I would say, do not approach this man. uh, You know, approach him at your peril. Leave it. Because... You know what, Jason? Life is very short and we have to pick the battles that we fight. And in the great scheme of things, if you look at the big picture, this one is not worth the aggro. I would say, um, you know, you can pass this over. You can um, anonymously or otherwise or collectively on your terrace, but I would just, you know, Just send a letter to the civil enforcement office, which is part of your local council. And it is, you know, they do take these things seriously because of disability issues and not being able to get a a, um, mobility scooter passed or a buggy passed or whatever. And it's a ridiculous and selfish and pointless thing to do. I'm not saying that having a civil enforcement officer come and tell him off will actually change things because this man is just furious with life. But you can do that. Uh, anonymously or not. I'm um, never a fan of anonymous letters. I think you should own it. But he sounds like a, a right one shall we say so I would just kind of avoid any confrontation and pass it over to someone else and actually when you see this happening all the time again and again try and think of nice things and put it in a parking balloon and let it go because you don't want to fight with your neighbours
0: but because it's such an aggressive thing to do he's obviously you know he's almost like he's challenging people it's so it's uh, it's yeah we know this guy and yeah he's just well these words you can't say on the radio. Uh, yeah. But the only thing I think is, is the council. If you if 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 you make it clear to the council that it is a recurring problem, blah blah blah, uh, they might put up like some bollards, you know, along the side of the curb, so he can't park on the pavement, and then he have to park. The, you know, and then he can be crossed with the council rather than cross with the neighbours. I, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. The, the neighbours can't deal with this guy. Do not get involved because he's, he's like he wants you to. He wants a fight. Uh, so don't give him what he wants. Uh, but if... oh if the council did put up bollards, wouldn't it be lovely? Oh, that would be so normal. Yeah,
1: except bollards, of course... I'm sorry, I sound like a town planner here. They're not great for disability scooters and buggies either. I know, but they stop but him parking think, the
0: pavement. That, that's, yeah. It, yeah, that's they the main thing. I think a
1: warning here. across the bows might be... Enough, um, you know, notes on cars and everything. I just find those things so petty and they take up so much of your time. You're ra- it makes turns you into a raging monster yeah. as and well. And also, you know,
0: him. you know that a note on a resume screen is not going to stop this guy. No, no, no. He'll suddenly be parked and neither, in your car. Neither
1: probably yeah. are the council. I mean, you, you just have to hope that. Bollards, point-
0: bollards, bollards. <laughs> yes, that's a, I,
1: I want I want to go to Somerset with some bollards and do it myself. Uh, you know, uh, there was somebody nearby here who used to do this all the time and uh, I did exactly what I'm saying to Jason I just thought oh that's it and then I noticed that one of the other neighbours of course can't had keyed his car oh my that's, goodness I'm not recommending that at no. all do not do that that is breaking the law but you see some people then resp- anger just makes people respond with anger and then you get nowhere
0: and then there's a brick through a window and it's all let's get in and the and police so are involved They're all. War. everyone's been taken away in a wagon and it's, oh terrible Paul's in pool Ah, oh, sunny pool uh, it is illegal to park on the pavement in any circumstances. Phone the council and traffic guys and they will sort it out for you. If they don't, but they will, put an advert to sell his car on the paper for half price. Okay. <laughs> you could do that, yeah. Uh, <laughs> obviously, getting the local authority involved is the right solution. However, an effective option. We love this. Oh. Would be to let all the air out of his tires with a short, very, friendly, very friendly note stating that every time he persists with obstructing the pedestrian right of way, this will occur. Job done. You're welcome. Happy Sunday, everyone. Emma. Emma. He's going to find you. He's going to track you down, and it's not going to end well. I. I think that that that's aggressive. Aggressive, and I. I wouldn't do it. Um. You can't change this man, only how you react to him and his actions. He knows it's driving all his neighbors mad, which is precisely why he's doing it. I agree. If it's not causing massive issues for buggies and access, etc., learn to live with it and let him know you're over it. That's how you get to him and win. Yeah, send him flowers. <laughs> That's from Ash and Five. I think that they should hire a wheelchair user, to travel along the path a few times a week, and then they can complain that they can't get by. And hopefully then the chap will realize selfish park ways. Michelle in East Sussex. I mean, I, I mean, you could do that. Uh, it, it, someone in a wheelchair would get a job. Uh, but equally, I think you can just say that he's doing it. Do what he doesn't expect. Be nice. Say hi. Wave hello. Tell him you like his music. Take a cake round. Be very friendly. It works. Don't mention the parking. Uh, uh, model how a nice neighbour acts, and after a few months, he may be parking on the road. Old oh, Jan. Jan lives in Cumbria. I'm guessed with no neighbours. Uh, she lives in a very, very remote area and hasn't met many people. <laughs> it might work. You never know. Oh no! And now Eileen is saying knife of the tires. No, do not touch his car. Do not touch his car. Leave him alone. Uh I am going to give the uh the roses to uh, ba, 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 ba. Uh, ash in fife that's who i'm giving the roses to there you go uh, thank you very much for all of your responses uh today uh we will have four more Graham's guide problems next weekend now on the uh, final weekend this july in suffolk you will find the latitude festival and in the comedy tent you will find my guest joanne magnally hello joanne Hello, Graham. Uh, you've had quite the day, I hear.
3: <laughs> I've had quite the... So I've moved into a new flat and I live alone. So I've gone very heavy on security. So I have three locks on the door. Yep. And I've locked myself in three times and today is well those time.
0: <laughs>
3: yeah. So usually I just throw the key down to the neighbour but she's not there. So they, I can get out but just not quite yet.
0: Okay. So the fire brigade won't have to come or anything?
3: No, 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 no. They don't have to take the windows out or anything. Maggie, Maggie downstairs will let me out but she's just not there.
0: <laughs> but but how can the key open from the outside but not from the inside?
3: Because there's something where it's there's three locks on the door and the middle one is like a it's a jam, it's a jammed lock. Yeah. D- please don't scare me. I've done it before. It'll be fine.
0: Yeah. I, if, if future, I wouldn't bother with that one. I, I feel like two locks. I know. Is probably yeah, enough.
3: I think three times is too many. I think it's trying to teach me something.
0: Yeah, un- unless unless you, you've had a terrible scare, and there's a man outside. But uh, I I would say.
3: Well, yeah. I get a I get a lot of delivery. I get a lot of like Ubers. I'm just I'm just conscious. Of, I watch a lot of true crime. I'm conscious of security. <laughs> I love true crime, and I'm very conscious of locking myself in, locking the windows, locking everything.
0: Yeah, I just see rats outside your house laughing at you, eating your delivery <laughs> because it, it can't get in. My foe is going to be destroyed by one o'clock. <laughs> uh, now the Latitude Festival in July because you're going to Edinburgh again this year, aren't you?
3: I am. I'm doing a two week work in progress for my sins. Oh,
0: you're doing one of those? Yes,
3: oh. I'm doing a whip.
0: Oh, yeah.
3: I don't know. I honestly don't know if I can. I think I've gotten soft. I don't know if I can handle a month up there again. To be honest,
0: it's too long. It's, it's too, too bloody long. long. It's crazy. It's, it's-
3: it's cr- it's tr- it's crazy. It's too long, but I I think a lot of people have copped on to that now every day like it's just too much
0: yeah i mean
3: I don't d- love comedy that much no exactly
0: I, mean? I think people do it and then they go oh i'm, I'm that, why am i doing this because yeah i mean it's lovely you see audiences every day and and the show does become amazing by the end of the month but oh, yeah. Uh, yeah but but still there must be better ways to do it so you're doing uh, two weeks up there so the, the the stuff you're doing at latitude will it be that stuff or will it, will you be doing your greatest hits how will you approach a festival like that
3: that's a great question, actually. It depends how much work I do between now and then. Like I am, I'm about to start writing a new show. I'm, I've been, I, I like, I did Prosecco. My last tour, Prosecco Express, went on for far too long, really. Um, <clears throat> so I'm dying to write new material because I'm kind of sick of my own voice telling the same stories. And my life has completely changed since the last tour, so I'm going to have to get. I'd say latitude will probably be a mix about. Do you know what I mean? It's a scary thing starting with a completely blank page. So I'll yeah. probably take a bit of the old stuff and throw in some new stuff and see what happens. And
0: we should say, you, you're you there, but you're not the only one. It's just a really kind of female-centric comedy bill.
3: Yeah, there is. It's myself, Sarah Pascoe, Judy Love, I think, headlining. Isn't that right?
0: And Joe Brand, I think, is, there, is she still going? Yeah, Joe Brand. She? Yeah. Is she? Yeah. I didn't know she was going. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, you'll see them all. Oh, Lovely. Ah. Yeah. yeah. And, and I wonder, because we were talking earlier about your, your podcast, which is so popular. My Therapist Ghosted Me, which you do with uh, Vogue, Vogue Williams. And, yeah, and I I was listening to it actually, and I was thinking, I wonder if this makes writing material harder because you kind of use up your stories chatting yes. on the podcast.
3: You're absolutely right. It, it so I I kind of I like. I'm, I don't know if you're the same but I only have so many funny thoughts in, you know what I mean at one go yeah, and you're you can only right, be locked anything... in. you can only be locked
0: in so many
3: yeah. times well three times but it's it, it's like every single interesting or funny thought you have and they're not even interesting or funny you try and flesh out on the pod for material but I think what'll happen is I'll take the pod stuff and maybe kind of build on it
0: yeah but it. you're right yeah
3: it is you are kind of churning out a lot of content for the podcast every week and we do two of them a week
0: do you do two a week?
3: Yeah, we have a main and a bonus. Oh, it's so I didn't it's two realize. a week. Yeah, you no, know, the bonus is shorter and we do a lot of listener emails and stuff. But um but yeah, you're da- you're absolutely right. I think about that all the time. I'm like, how am I going to I I don't know, I'm going to have to take up a hobby hang glider or something. I need a (laughs) a near-death experience or something to write about.
0: Yeah, or do one of those kind of crazy things, like you'll swipe, you know, uh, right or left, whichever it is, on everyone on an app or something and kind of, you
3: know. Oh, yeah. Well, well, men are always, a men are like a fountain of content, really, aren't they? I love that. (laughs) Good good for something.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Exactly. (laughs) Jokes. <laughs> and, and the success of that podcast. How so it talk talk to you about the beginnings of that podcast? How did it how did it come about? How do how did you and Vogue decide well, where we're doing it?
3: Well, so I just moved, I moved to London just before a lockdown, which was fantastic timing. And I had <laughs> nothing else. The other way, like there's kind of comedians who might have a script in the pipeline or a sitcom or something in the pipeline. My pipeline was very empty so basically all I had was stand up I would nothing else in my basket I'd kind of put all my eggs into my life and then when lockdown happened I was like oh god because people were saying comedy wasn't going to come back or if it did everyone would be like in plastic zorbs in <laughs> rooms and no one could touch and, and I was genuinely thinking will I just go back and do nursing and I up to that point I decided that a podcast I just wasn't going to do it because there was just so many of them I, I was like cut through seems impossible yeah um, and Vogue was over here and we knew each other from home, and she suggested we'll be do something together. And she suggested we do a pod because she was already doing one with Global with uh, Spencer. Um, and then they took us on, and then it just kind of grew from there. So, yeah, it was folks' idea, really. Thank God. And my therapist had ghosted me, which was convenient. So handy. I know. <laughs> I know.
0: Wow, Spencer must be spitting feathers uh, <laughs> <laughs> that this has taken off so hugely. I think he's
2: happy for us. I think he might, <laughs> yeah. I think he you, might be. He you you choose to
0: believe that, Joanne. Yeah, go on. Yeah. You choose to believe yeah. that. Yeah. So, Joanne, when I talk to people now, like young comics, they, they often have started gigging while they were at university or just didn't go to university. They all, you know, it, it seemed like a career thing that they considered and they knew was a possibility. But you came to it in a slightly different way. What was your journey?
3: I was... Kind of late to it, really. I think I was thirty three before I did my first. Gig. Jesus
0: was dead. I mean, really. I know.
3: <laughs> I know a geriatric comic. Um, I'm always amazed at these comics who start at eighteen. I'm like, what do you? i have nothing. I, what do you say? I know. I know life experience, but anyway, they seem to do very well at it. But um, so I had I and I always wanted to be an actress or something. Um, but my mother would be uh, quite traditional and um basically and her understanding is like actors starved to death in basements. So you're not doing that. Yeah. So then I ended up being cast in a play by a friend of mine, Una McKevitt, who now kind of directs all my shows. And the play was called Singlehood and it was real people and stand up comics talking about their love lives. And uh, it was like documentary style theater. And I had just been dumped by a man who happened to be bald. And I was telling this story about the cheek of a bald man blah, blah, blah. And people were laughing. And then a comedian came to see it and he suggested I do stand up. And then I went on tour with him and then it just started rolling. Really. I just kind of threw my heart and soul into it. I I wasn't very happy in my life at that time. And I needed, I I needed some, I needed a big change. And then I realized comedy. I was like, this is what it is. I'm going to just work very hard at this. And
0: so. I did. And, Joanne, it's going gangbusters for you. You're, you know, you're touring, you're selling out all these gigs. And I know in Ireland you've done quite a bit of telly, but here you've only mm. done bits. Is that a kind of decision to kind of, you know, to uh, get more miles on the clock or have you just not been offered it? What's what's the story with TV here?
3: I know, it's a funny one. I, I think, to be honest, so there was a stage when, when the Prosecco tour t- t- took off. I just wasn't around but I don't, I don't, I don't do a lot of UK tally. It's probably lack of offers, really. I did, I did stand in for Cats Does Countdown for weeks. I was like in a in a room on the side of the in the wings, uh, waiting to go on, and it never happened. So yeah, I'd like to do more tally now because I'm around. So we'll see. <laughs> but the beauty, but the beauty of podcasts is you don't need it. That's the beauty of it.
0: I mean, that is the joy. You're, yeah,
3: you're your own boss. You don't need to be chosen for panel shows because you can just you create your own audience. I mean, on your terms
0: it's yeah. fab and also that because that, you and Vogue you also tour that podcast don't you?
3: yes we just finished a tour we did we did like arenas in Ireland and we were in Australia and we're going to America soon and we've had an absolute ball and it was it was glorious doing it with Vogue because I'm so used to doing it on my own that the company was just the, the thrill of having someone else with you was fab because it can be insular it's an insular, it's an insular gig you know as you know, um, you're on your own all the time. So it was an absolute treat to have a team.
0: Um, yeah, backstage is nice to have people, but on stage, quite nice to be alone. <laughs> <laughs> I like having it both ways. I have to say, <laughs> I like having the, I
3: like having both options. Because the nice thing about the po- the podcast tour is, it's more relaxed. Yeah, you're sitting down. It's not you don't have to be bam 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 joke joke joke. It, you can take your time with it, uh, whereas stand up, you cannot do that. Yeah. So it's kind of, of relaxing. The pod tour was relaxing. I would Well also say, because me. I
0: guess an audience comes to it with a very different expectation, don't they? Because they
3: They do. Yeah. Well, a confusion I think is that the like they don't with pod tours, you don't really know what you're going to get. Is it going to be a live recording? Is it going to be a show? And I think with Ghosted we managed to get that balance quite well, if I can say so myself. It was half half show, half improv material chats. So, yeah. Anyway, I miss it. And did you broadcast
0: any of the tour or they were just in the room?
3: No, in the room. We didn't... Because I don't actually like listening to live podcasts. I find it distracting because the presenter is kind of playing to the room. He's not playing to the listener. So we didn't... And also, it's the same show every night, but like mostly, so it's,
0: we couldn't be a really broadcasting. Yep. There, that, that'll be yep. the key. That'll be the key. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, same thing again. Yes, yeah. girls. Didn't I hear this one before? Ah, uh, uh, you
3: did, yeah. For the last year. <laughs> uh, Joanne
0: McNally, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, just to remind thank everybody, uh, the Latitude Festival is in July 25th uh, 20, to the 28th. Uh, good luck with everything. Good luck with the writing. Good luck with the getting out of your house. Thanks for joining us. Take care. Bye. Thank you
3: Graham Bye
0: Here's Bye 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 Still to come We are spreading the love And giving away Waitrose goodies In our competition Cupid's Arrow But first I smell breakfast Here comes show chef Martha Hello
2: Hello
0: uh, Happy Valentine's Day
2: Oh happy Valentine's Day Graham I couldn't wait any longer To bring you your <laughs> Valentine's Day breakfast i here Lovely. early Lovely Yes <laughs>
0: uh, I've already uh, Attacked the trolley And <laughs> stole a mimosa uh, So uh, This is So what's the idea of this This is kind of You wake up You want to spoil the person you love for uh, it, it's quite breakfasty but kind of brunchy
2: yeah i mean no one's getting up that early are they so well it's maybe the next weekend this weekend when you're having your valentine's moment um but it's actually a very sweet story um for, it's the recipes by honey and co which is those amazing middle eastern restaurants in london oh, yeah. and uh sarat and itamar they say that they work together but it's the least romantic day for them because they're so busy in the restaurant on valentine's day yeah, but hell. they love having breakfast together so on the Sunday, they just stop, and they have their breakfast in bed together, and they have bagels, granola, and mimosas. So I thought, let's recreate all their recipes, all in one, nice little spread.
0: Oh, I remember when I worked in restaurants, Valentine's Day was the worst. <laughs> it was worse than Christmas. It was worse than Christmas. was all people who never eat out.
2: Oh, they saved up their one eating and out They token. never
0: eat out. Uh, they're with someone that often they didn't know very well, and they all had to get a train uh, so they all were looking for bills. They all were looking for half bottles of wine. And to, oh, Come on, just get a bottle. But anyway, I digress. Uh, this is in your own home. So uh, so, you, so you've made the mimosa, you've made some lovely bagels, and then this very, what is that? The big heart-shaped thing. So
2: the big heart-shaped thing is a heart-shaped breakfast oat bar. So it's essentially the mix that you might use to make a breakfast bar, like a kind of pack-lunchy kind of nice bar. Okay. But baked into a heart shape. And then in the magazine, they have piped I Love You onto it. But I wasn't entirely sure what I should pipe for you, Graham. So I've gone with some dots. Yes, I did
0: see the, I did see the picture of the magazine with the icing on it. And it looks a bit like uh, you've been kidnapped <laughs> by someone. You uh, will
2: love me.
0: Yeah, yes, I said, you were love me forever
2: <laughs> and then you obviously have to break it all apart to eat it so i thought that's just a bit savage isn't it really yeah
0: but and also it's very big it looks like there's more than two people at the breakfast <laughs> yes it says serves, serves
2: two with leftovers for two so i feel like yeah it's like a, a...
0: who's eating valentine's day leftovers <laughs> <laughs> that's that's like a definition of tragic yeah. do you want this it's our valentine's day leftovers <laughs> thank you <laughs> Scraps
2: <Palentines. laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I'm eating the crumbs from your Valentine's table So uh, are we making the oat bar first?
2: Where should we begin? Yeah, let's do the oat bar first Yeah, that, so, that, that's got a recipe <laughs> that's, that's a full recipe The other things people can probably imagine how you make <laughs> um, but The oat bar is actually quite sweet They also say it's the kind of thing that you could make As a little pack lunch treat Or as a little breakfast treat If you're not going to see each other on Valentine's Day You can just package it up t- Maybe make tiny heart-shaped ones I feel like my husband would kill me if I if I snuck a heart-shaped <laughs> breakfast bar into his back lunch. Yeah, it's some icing. <laughs> Miss you. <Yes. laughs> like, how can I get rid of this on the way to work? <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> Um, So you're going to start by making the dry mix, which is a mixture of porridge, oats, and then you can kind of have a bit of liberty to put in lots of different dried fruits that you or your loved one like. But this one has got dried mango, almonds, desiccated coconut, a little bit of ground ginger. Gorgeous. Mix that all together. And then with the binding, you're either using honey or maple syrup, which again, whichever one you prefer, simmering that up with some coconut oil and some caster sugar until it becomes nice and bubbly and sticky. Then you want to mix the two together and then the heart-shaped part of it, because it's quite big. It's like done in a 20 centimetre tin. Yeah people who are trying to imagine the the vastness of this breakfast yeah, bar the scale of it yeah <laughs> and then you want to use tin foil to make the heart shape so you don't need to have a special tin you oh, can just ooh. use two pieces of tin foil and kind of make one into like a little seagull shape yeah. and one into an arrow and then they you can fill it with your mixture it goes into the oven 25 minutes and then when it comes out cool it completely then it should hold itself together and you can top it with a nice little white chocolate message If you so desire.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I, I'd skip that bit, but
2: uh, okay, very very drizzle is enough.
0: Yes, and you could serve that with a little bit of yogurt or something, or yeah, I think
2: yeah. be quite nice. Yeah, and a good old coffee or a mimosa to wash it down.
0: <gasps> a mimosa to wash it down, right? What's going into our blood orange mimosa?
2: It Feels very Christmassy to have like a, f- a nice fizzy orange drink. Mm. I just love it. So this is made with um, Waitrose number one blood orange juice, so you don't have to be squeezing all your oranges yourself. No. You just open a nice container of this lovely vibrant juice, mix it with a little bit of Campari. It's got some orange blossom water in there as well to give it a bit of florality, and then top it up with champagne. Pain or prosecco in a little glass, keep everything nice and chilled and that will set your morning off right. Mm-hmm. And then mm. the final thing on the menu is some cream cheese and chive smoked salmon bagels. So you're just taking some lovely poppy seed bagels, you're not having to make them from scratch unless you really, <laughs> really want to, yeah, come on. unless you really love the person. <laughs> and then we are mixing some cream cheese with some chives, spreading that over the bottom, topping it with salmon, then it's got some breakfast radishes for a little pop of pink, lovely. a little bit of cucumber, a bit of dill. And it's just, that's, that's a good breakfast to me.
0: No, it's delicious and very simple to make, but it does look like effort's gone in exactly. because it looks very pretty. You can see the little baby radishes coming sticking out and it looks really lovely.
2: And you haven't had to cook and get too, you know, stirring scrambled yes. egg and doing all of the stuff. It's quite nice to just be able to yeah. throw it all together and not be too flustered.
0: Yeah, and if you end up alone, it can keep. <laughs> yeah, you can put
2: it back in the fridge. <laughs> yeah, just have, 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 have it, a it tomorrow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> have it tomorrow by yourself. Yeah, there you go. Just drown your sorrows with the with the extra <laughs> mimosa. There you go. Uh, if you'd like the, the all those recipes, you can head to waitrose.com slash showchef. Uh, you can find those. And indeed, all of Martha's recipes. You can check out the delicious uh, visuals for all those items on our socials, at Virgin Radio UK. Uh, Martha, thank you very much. We'll see you next weekend. See you next week. Uh, and have a lovely Valentine's Day. Oh, thank you. You too. Oh, your, your last as a... a not not quite a mommy yet
2: I know do they give you presents on valentine's day
0: well children <laughs>
2: I hope so. That'd be nice. <laughs> yeah.
0: well, look, you train, It's your kid. You train <laughs> him up.
2: <laughs> Michael, I hope you're listening. <laughs> Graham
1: Norton on Virgin Radio.
0: It's time, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, Cupid's Arrow competition. Uh, someone is going to get the chance to win all sorts of things that are on our big target. There's Prosecco, Shiraz, there's steak and chips, and roses. There's a Graham Norton Waitrose gift box or £200 uh, of Waitrose of vouchers. Uh, the role of Cupid will be played by Jack. Uh, previously, we enjoyed his performance as an elf, but you'll be glad to know today he's in sweatshirt and jeans. There isn't a nappy in sight. So it's all it's all good. It's all tastefully done. Uh, right, on the line, we should have Simon. Hello, Simon. Hi, Graham. Hi, how are you? I'm good, thank you. South? Hey, you grand. Thank you very much for asking. And uh, where are you, Simon? I'm in Allsager in Cheshire. All Sager, okay. And uh, tell me this. So, no, there, there was absolutely no, this was not a prerequisite to playing the competition. So if you're a single gentleman with no, you know, that's absolutely fine. But is there a Valentine in your life? There certainly is, my beautiful wife, Marie. <gasps> Lovely. All right. Well, is Marie there cheering you on? She is sat next to me. Okay. All right. Well, listen, Simon, uh, you have to answer a very simple question in order to uh, qualify and then Jack will fire the arrow. Here comes the question. It's a multiple choice and bear in mind, this is a Valentine's Day competition. That's all I'll say to you. Here we go. Uh, Complete the title of this Beatles song. All you need is A. Air B. Grass C. Love What do you think it is? Mmm, so Tuffy, I think that might be sea Love Graham. Do you think? Let's see if you're right. Oh, you are! Absolutely marvelous. Alright. So uh we want we want to get the uh two hundred pounds worth of vouchers, but there's lots of good prizes up here. So uh, you know and, and with a fair wind, uh the arrow will hit something. Uh you're alright, Jack. Uh okay. This is happening now, Jack. Okay, so now he I can't tell you, this is a proper bone and arrow, and he's pulling it back now. Here we go. Oh oh oh, you did it! You did it! You got the £200 of the Waitrose vouchers! Thank you. Thank you, Jack. Oh, well done, Jack. Olympic team cannot be far away. I mean, talk sport are just down the road. I'm surprised they're not commentating on this. Uh, well done, Jack. Well done, Simon and Marie can be all happy now, too. <laughs> She's already shopping. <laughs> <Really>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. £200 worth of vouchers to spend at Waitrose, <laughs> winging their way to you. Take care of yourselves.
1: Graham Norton on Virgin Radio.
0: Thanks so much for listening to my show. You can catch me every Saturday and Sunday from 9.30 on Virgin Radio. Follow us on all our socials to keep up to date and make sure you check out our YouTube channel too. Just look up at Virgin Radio UK and you'll find loads of great interviews and live sessions. See you later.